It's time to talk Tesla. Again. Tesla again. Oh, God. I thought we agreed there'd be no Musk content. No Musk, no Twitter, no wondering why, if The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is his favourite book, he hasn't realised that he'd be first against the wall when the revolution comes. No, no, Nikola Tesla, the original Tesla. Classic Tesla. No, pigeon fancier himself. It's played by David Bowie in the best Christopher Nolan film, The Prestige. And a major-ish character in the TV show Sanctuary, where he was both a vampire and imbued with power over electricity. Plus, he was in an episode of Doctor Who where, somewhat predictably, he fought off an alien menace. And, somewhat unpredictably, fought him off with Thomas Edison. But otherwise, Tesla's not really that big a pop culture character, which is strange given his weird and suppressed technology bona fides. Though he gets mentioned a lot... I'm fairly sure Gary Busey helps to defeat Hitler in the centre of the Earth with Tesla technology. And numerous films and shows rely on Tesla tech to explain why the impossible is merely improbable. But in many respects, Tesla mania is over. Like how no one talks about the Philadelphia experiment anymore. And nowadays, Elon Musk has probably swamped out search inquiries for Nikola Tesla. Imagine telling Tesla that in the future he'd be more associated with Nazi sympathisers and giant man-childs than fighting Edison over what the best electricity delivery system for North America should be. Yeah, poor old Tesla. He accidentally invents the X-ray and might have intercepted a signal from an extraterrestrial intelligence. And these days his name is mostly associated with cars with poor quality control that also have a habit of trying to run people over when the driver isn't looking. You know, given Edison's hatred of Tesla... It's tempting to think that Elon Musk is actually carrying out Edison's legacy beyond the grave. Hmm, that's a conspiracy theory worth pursuing. The podcast's Guide to the Conspiracy, featuring Josh Edison and M. Dentith. And welcome to the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy Here, fit as a fiddle in Auckland, New Zealand I am Josh Edison And there, fit as some other musical instrument in Zhuhai, China It's Dr. N. Dentith I think I'm as fit as a flute That'll do It starts with an F, it must be true It's true It's true In fact, it's not just true It's flu Mm. Flu. Oh, yeah, don't talk to me about flu I, we, we, We're both we're both well We were both under the weather in different ways last week so this sort of got put off a little bit i actually have covid active covid cases in my own house but um i i'm i'm among the uninfected at the moment so fingers crossed that stays the same but while i'm well we better get this episode out indeed so yes earlier this week i was suffering from a rather extreme bout of insomnia which meant that our planned re-recording time did not quite work because I'd spent most of the night awake and needed to sleep at the time that Josh and I had arranged to record, which means there has been this kind of period of time where we should have been talking about the death of Henry Kissinger. Really should And we've kind of now beyond the point of talking Missed about the Missed the moment of a bit, Henry yeah. Kissinger. It's a shame. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 it is a shame uh, because it would have been great to have kind of got in on the pylon mm. on the corpse of Henry Kissinger. I mean, we could engage in the pylon that has now occurred because of H Bomber Guy's video on plagiarism on YouTube, which I must admit I've been very invested by, but I just don't feel it's got enough conspiratorial overhangs no, to no, into not this really. episode. Although I do recommend if you've got a if you've got four hours to spare. Take a look at H. Bomber Guy's video on plagiarism on the internet. And frankly, you all have four hours to spare because you listen to this podcast. You do. Yeah, I, I admit I've sort of skipped through it. I, I kind of went from section to section because there, 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 there was a lot of, okay, yeah, no, I get the point. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I, I, I believe you. I get what you're saying. Can we move on to the next bit, please? But uh, it, it, it's put together. The, the guy, I think, is if, if you're familiar with his work, the guy can put together an argument. He can, he can, he can narrate in a way that keeps you interested. So, yeah. Good yeah, no, actually, that that video was the straw that broke the camel's back. It made me go, maybe I should give some money to his Patreon because he only makes a video every, every six months, but they're always well worth watching. And frankly, he needs to be paid to continue. Taking figures down. Last year it was Tommy Tallarico. This year, James Somerton. Can't wait to find out who it is next year. Really hoping it's never going to be me. Hmm. Well, 
I mean, we, I, either of us would, in order to have done something notable enough to be taken down by H Bomber Guy, I mean, that's almost an achievement in itself. Yeah, I know. I, I kind of I think know. I'm not important enough. Like, I almost wish I was. But, uh, but everyone, everyone who thinks that they're not going to be taken down by H Bomber Guy thinks they're not important enough. But your day, Josh, it could come. Live in hope. Maybe, maybe and it will. Maybe it will. But no, let's let's not let's not pile on to the usual suspects. Let's not follow the crowd. Let's instead talk about a topic that's several years out of late, out of date, and not for the first time. Yeah, although before then, uh, so some people might be quite curious about that weird text message we got with the link. Now, the standard policy of the podcaster's guide to the galaxy is that we do not click links that we do not understand the source of, because that's just good cybersecurity. But I was in a unique position earlier this week. So one of the staff members at Beijing, Beijing Normal University at Zhuhai, is leaving campus. And uniquely, I got access to both a laptop that was going to be thrown out and a 3G modem that was about to expire. So Long-term listeners of the podcast will be aware that occasionally we have connection issues when we're recording in China, which is in part due to a reliance on a <coughs> VPN and also due to the university's bad internet infrastructure, which means that some staff members buy 3G or 4G modems and basically use that as their internet access. So this staff member is leaving campus, but he leaves campus today, but actually by time of recording, I think he's actually now left campus, throwing away his laptop, had a 3G modem. I was in the perfect position to take a computer that was never going to be used again, actually it might get recycled, but never going to be used again by anyone who has important information on it, and access to a modem, which I could then click the link on, and I now know what is behind that link. And was it porn? No, it was a text file, not even an RTF, just a standard .txt, which even though it's a text file, I didn't actually copy the contents of that text file out of the web page onto a separate document. I instead used my phone and just wrote down what was in the text file instead because I'm still slightly paranoid of any link you might find. And it's a series of numbers. Let me give you those numbers, Josh. Uh, it goes 2,570, 1,325, 753, 221, 44, 27, 1053, 1067, 1209, 1222, 1938, 2004, 2020, and then low Mars Knox. Ah, well, you see, there we go. That's that's uh, clearly an acronym for all Mark Socks. Actually, so it's about it's about old Mark. Good good old Mark and his socks. That's clearly clearly what we're on about here. And not even old Mark socks. Old Mark socks. Well, it's because you're familiar. It's it's your it's your accent. Just it's the patois that you colour your text, you colour colour your speech with. Okay, that's an interesting hypothesis. Mm. I mean. I hadn't actually thought of the anagram aspect of low Mars Knox. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so that was the content of the text file that someone has been trying to send us for now over a month by email and then by texting us. We still want to know which one of you sent us that text. And now I am kind of curious what these numbers are meant to mean. So well, it remains looking, a mystery. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing more about old Mark and his socks. But uh, while we wait for the next instalment, we should probably go back to the conspiracy and talk about Tesla again. Again. Yes, this is not just back to the conspiracy. It's back to back to the conspiracy. We weren't calling it back to the conspiracy the last time that we actually did Tesla. So it is still back to the conspiracy, but it's back to back to back to back to back. Yes, play the chime, and then then it'll all make make sense. Will it, though? Will it? It'll make more sense. Okay, playing that chime around about now. Buckle up. We're going back to the conspiracy. 
Right. No, so here's the thing. It's 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 kind of funny. You'll laugh, I'm sure. We thought, well, what can we do? We're due back to the conspiracy episode. What's something we talked about a long, long time ago that we could talk about again today? And we thought, Tesla. We did an episode it was like, like eight years ago, August 2015, episode 48. We talked about Tesla. So it's well, well past time we talked about him. And then while... And, and so we looked. I looked at the notes for that episode and figured, well, we must have mentioned him a few times. So did a quick search through the other episodes. And now it turns out that when you've been doing a podcast for over nine years, you kind of forget a lot of the episodes that you've done previously. And actually, Josh, I don't even remember episodes we did this year. No, that's, yeah, me neither. But it turns out that in September of 2019, episode 234, we actually did what we planned to do now. We looked at Tesla and what we'd said about him before and anything new that had come up since then. So this this is actually, this is actually, a, th- that was before the Back to the Conspiracy segment was a thing, but, uh, it was it was actually a back to the conspiracy, as it turns out, and so now we are indeed back to back to the conspiracy as we talk about Tesla again, 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 mm. and for the, the fact that it was actually four years and two months between the first time we talked about it and what appears to be four four years and two months between the second time we talked about it and now. Mm. So for the numerologically inclined, there must be something significant about the fact that every four years and two months we decide to talk about Tesla again. Does that mean we have to talk about Tesla again in four months and two years? No, no, no two months four and years four and years. two months. Yes, no, something sometimes. So that'll be um, that'll be like February twenty twenty eight. I don't know. Set your calendar. So set, set your alarm now. So yeah. old. Mark your calendars. Anyway, so in, in, in any case, it's been quite a while since we talked about Tesla, so we're probably due a, due a catch-up. Tell me about Nikola Tesla, the man, the myth, the mystery. Well, Tesla was born to Serbian parents in what we now call Croatia on the 10th of July, 1856. And he moved to New York City. Sorry, I, I watched far too much what we do in the shadows. I want to do, yeah. I want to do a, a Matt Berry New York City. Yeah, it's uh, poisoned everyone's yeah. mind. So he moved to New York in 1884. He died on the 7th of January 1943, and that's basically everything we know about this person called Nikola Tesla. He just existed and did absolutely nothing, apart from just one small thing. He had a really, really big feud with Thomas Edison. Really, really big feud with Thomas Edison. He did. They weren't. They weren't great buddies. Well, I mean, but the thing was, they were originally, or at least, I mean, I don't think anyone was ever a good friend of Thomas Edison. But they started out as compatriots of a kind, and then they stopped being compatriots. And Edison may not have had many friends, but when he had enemies, oh, did he have enemies? Yes, yeah, so Tesla had been working for Edison starting in 1882, but resigned in 1885 after... I mean, I mean Edison is the reason why Tesla ends up going to New York from hmm. memory. He's kind of being enticed yeah. to, come, come yeah. join me, come join me. You have really great job opportunities at the Edison company. And the, there was basically a dispute over pay for Tesla was, was brought in to work on this big project that involved reworking Edison's less efficient motors and generators. Now, the the way I've heard it is that Edison said, if you do this job for me, I'll pay you X amount of money, a lot of money, a large amount of money. And then when Tesla did it and said, right, where's that money? Edison was like, well, no, I I was joking. Like, it was... in Edison's version of events, he'd sort of said, yeah, if you can do that, I'll give you a million billion dollars, and, and, and was obviously joking. But, but poor old Serbian Tesla, who, whose grasp of the English language wasn't perhaps so, uh, so keen, misunderstood his jokey, jokey remark and thought that Edison was actually going to give him that amount of money. Whereas, whereas in Tesla's version of events, no, Edison said, I will give you this amount of money, and then tried to go back on it afterwards. And wh- wh- whichever way it was... There was a large disagreement. The two had a massive falling out, and uh, 
Tesla Tesla resigned. Yeah, so then he started work on a company involved in the generation of electrical lighting, which when you think about the end of the 19th century, that's mostly arc lighting that was being used at the time. But he got pushed out by his business partners and due to that dispute at work, also lost the patents that he had made for lighting and the dynamos being used to generate the electricity for those lights. Yep, so then he started another company, was eventually contracted to Westinghouse, who were were rivals to Edison and General Electric. Uh, So he worked on developing AC current, and an AC motor, and this is where the, the, the whole current wars thing came in, whether it should be... DC versus AC. Yeah. DC versus AC. And we so should point out, AC kind of won, except in America where DC, for some reason, still seems to be used in some situations. Yeah, so, so the, the story, we, we should... Um, in, in in a later, I, I think we did this in what, this is two, episode 234 we last talked about, and in the episode 236 we had to issue a, a slight correction because we'd done the old story about how Edison electrocuted elephants. He used elephant. to like to electrocute elephants. He electrocuted loved electrocuting elephants. elephants. Yeah, which with, turns with out AC. we should have said allegedly because it's not mm. true. Well, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's true and it isn't. So there is a movie called Electrocuting an Elephant, in which a full-size, an adult elephant, is killed by electrocution. And at the end of that movie, you see the credits that say, by Thomas A. Edison. Uh, But that's because it was made by the Edison Film Company, and every movie made by the Edison Film Company said, by Thomas A. Edison, in the credits. Because Edison liked to take credit for anything he possibly could so by kind of sneaking you're using my you're using my tech using my film equipment therefore technically it's one of my films therefore i get my name in the credits yes but no so this this movie was actually made 10 years after the whole current war was settled so there was no 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 propaganda advantage in trying to make ac look dangerous at that point they'd, they'd already made their decisions uh and it was a case of the it's it's not really a nice story it was it was an elephant that had been used um you know as a i'm not sure literally a circus ele- elephant but an elephant had been used for entertainment but it was it was a uh i forget the fr- i forget the term they use but like a difficult elephant it was one who who strangely enough didn't take kindly to being poked and prodded and told what to do by people uh and so they decided to kill it Essentially, they, um, they, 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 they fed it poison and then finished it off by electrocution or something. And because killing a very large animal, I get, like, like at the time, people didn't really have much else to do. So, hey, those people are going to electrocute an elephant was enough to draw a crowd. And they, they turned it into an event and shot a movie. But it wasn't actually Edison saying, kill, kill me an elephant to show how evil AC is. However... Although Edison did not order an elephant's death, he did work a fellow, he he was supportive of a fellow called Harold Brown, who was a man who he definitely did know did electrocute dogs, dogs plural, with alternating current to prove that AC was harmful. So Edison didn't didn't specifically order the death of an elephant to show that uh, AC was bad, but um, if his, if his, Attitude towards um, killing animals with AC uh, is, is is what we're led to believe. He probably wouldn't have had a problem with it at the time. Yeah, yeah. if you're willing to kill a dog, you're probably also willing to kill an elephant as well. Mm. Although, if you're willing to kill elephants, are you willing to kill dogs? I don't think it goes both ways. Mm. Mm. It's strange. Maybe we should experiment, but maybe with not. With elephants or dogs? With With people. See which they prefer. Mm. Actually, mm. America's been doing that for a while. It's not working out well. No. Anyway, back to Tesla. So he worked in a bunch of labs. He experimented with electricity and X-rays and radio, and then he started up his own Wardenclyffe Tower in 1900. He had a bit of trouble getting funding, but eventually he completed it in 1902. And, and I think this kind is... of the story of Tesla is trouble getting funding. He was a very inspired man. I was about to use the word clever man, but we're going to get on to exactly how clever Tesla actually was. But he was a man with a lot of ideas, but he was also a man who seemed to lack what we would call these days business nous, because I'm sure that's how economists and financial managers talk about business acumen, business nous. And so 
he seemed to have a lot of trouble getting people to latch on to his ideas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now Wardenclyffe Tower. I think that's that's the image I think most people have when they think of Tesla as the as the sort of the 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 the, the mad scientist. That was uh, we mentioned the Prestige at the start. That was that was that was in the Prestige. Wasn't it? He goes and visits Tesla yeah. at Wardenclyffe yeah. Tower, and and there's Tesla doing electrical magic while looking like David Bowie. Um, so everything we know about the guy says he does seem to have been some sort of a genius and also seems to be, you know, obviously we can't diagnose someone 100 years into the future, but were he around today, I'm fairly certain he would, he would, he would be diagnosed with some level of, of neurodiversity. He um, supposedly had a photographic memory. He spoke eight languages. Um, Although that's which, actually which not is that unusual for, for someone from Europe. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he had a, a bunch of sort of uh, of personality ticks. He had various phobias and obsessions. He was a bit of a germ, had a bit of a germ phobia. He was afraid of pearls, apparently, and other forms of jewellery. Uh, did not like uh, fat people, apparently. That was a, some weird thing of his. Obsessed with the number three, he had various other things, which, again, if, if we saw a person exhibiting them today, we would probably call OCD, but, again, can't really diagnose someone 100 years uh, removed from them. And really liked pigeons. Loved yeah. Loved some pigeons. Yep. And also strangely feminist in a way, in that he was of the firm opinion that women should become the dominant set. Hmm. He wasn't right about everything, though. And no. part of this is just because he sort of... The, 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 some of this is areas where the science got settled sometime after his death. Sometimes it isn't. But he, he, was, he believed in sort of uh, the E-theory, etheric mechanics. He didn't buy subatomic theory. None well, in of this part because that fitted in with his electrical theory. It's because he was of the firm opinion that electricity cannot travel in a vacuum. And thus, if you're going to be remotely transferring electricity, I don't know if it's going to be remotely, if you're going to be transferring electricity from one location to another, there needs to be a medium for the electricity to travel through. So the idea that there's a vacuum means his theories about, about I keep on saying remote, his theories about transferring electricity over long distances without wires isn't going to work unless there's an etheric mechanism to allow it to explain how the electricity translates. So it's not just he didn't believe in subatomic theory, it actually went against his own, and I'm going to say quasi-scientific principles here, as to how he thought electricity worked. Yeah, he also didn't buy Einstein's theories about relativity or curved space. He Once was again, some- because he needed the ether. Yeah, he was something of a fan of eugenics, which Although as we've that talked about in the past, a lot of people were. Yeah. yeah, early early part of the 20th century, eugenics was kind of in vogue, and then those damn Nazis came along and showed everyone actually, if you really get into eugenics, this is kind of where it leads. And uh, yeah, although I should point out, there were people in the 1920s who were arguing against oh, eugenics yes. at the yeah, time. It's yeah, just that no, it was it, 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 it took the Nazis for people to go, oh, that's not just hypothetical. People actually might literally round up people and take them into camps to get rid of them from the gene pool. Uh, it's, yeah. not, it's not it's, it's, not, it's not a, a theoretical danger here. Yeah. Yeah. It is something which actually can happen and actually, whoa, actually has. Mm. So so that's the that's the, the, the brief history of Tesla. But uh, this is a conspiracy theory based podcast. So what we're really interested in are the conspiracy theories around him, which are mostly mostly sort of suppressed technology conspiracy theories, which we've talked about plenty in the past as well. There are lots of ideas that Tesla came up with all sorts of technologies that have been suppressed by whichever powers that be you, you, you choose to blame. And and so that's why some of these miraculous things that he came up with are not uh, widely used today. Um, or, or either that or he invented things and people suppressed them or, or since uh, up after his death, people found his papers and were able to develop them and work on and and get working these magical technologies, which they then kept to themselves and suppressed. Yeah, because Tesla was one of those people who would talk about an idea in a very speculative way. So rather than going, I've done some research and here's something which I've developed, Tesla would go, here is a thought I've just had Imagine if you could create a ray that could kill people at a distance. 
without then ever doing, in some cases, any work to go, well, I wonder if that idea is actually plausible. He might just toss off two or three ideas and then go back to Wardenclyffe to work on remote energy generation, given I'm going to say remote anyway, I might as well put it in there. Might as well, just lean into it. Yeah. And so the problem with talking about Tesla and the problem of talking about suppressed inventions and Tesla is it's hard to distinguish between things that Tesla just toffed, uh, toffed off, toffed off, tossed off mm. in a con- conversation as opposed to serious ideas he was actually investigating. Yeah. So supposedly some of these things that he invented that were suppressed uh, include free energy from the vacuum of space, which is similar to the to the uh, so-called zero point energy, which is another thing that we've discussed probably yeah, a, a long theory time ago in, as well yeah, in quantum th- in quantum physics. Once again, as we said before, Tesla really believed in the ether, so he wasn't believing in the vacuum of space as we understand the vacuum of space to be. He was talking about extracting energy from ether. He, yeah, as you say, he talked a lot about the wireless broadcasting of electricity. Knowing these days, we know all about the near field effect. There's, there, you can get, you know, lots of devices that let you charge your phone just by resting it on a thing, or indeed, if you, if if you, you know, it doesn't even need to be touching. It could be slightly removed from it. There are things like I, I think in some like it. I'm sure there's probably public transport, but all I know it from being used from is, is rides and amusement parks. So you have little cars going along with the track that runs down the middle, that, and that's that's inductive energy. There's they're drawing power from that track without actually touching it. Um, it's a thing, but he he wanted to be able to do it not in a in a over relatively short distances. You know, he wanted to be broadcasting electricity over the sorts of distances for which we still use power lines and cables these days. Yes, I mean, he talked about transferring energy from, say, America to the UK. That was the kind of distance he was thinking about for sending energy from one location to another. And as we kind of know from the near field effect, it's quite possible to transfer information wirelessly at short range. But the further the distance you get, the more energy it takes to get to the other location and the less energy you actually then receive. And so it seems that the kind of long-distance broadcasting of energy that Tesla wanted to do, if it were possible, it would be incredibly inefficient. Yeah. There's ideas that he came up with this earthquake machine, some sort of a steam-powered oscillator that could cause, um, generate earthquakes. Apparently there was an episode of Mythbusters where they had to go at this and said it didn't really seem to be feasible, although then apparently they pointed out at the time that at the time Tesla built this this machine that was supposed to cause earthquakes, buildings weren't 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 built earthquake proof in any way so the vibrations it produced in the sorts of buildings that he was demonstrating and probably would have felt a lot bigger than vibrations in a modern building which is which is built with that sort of stuff in mind Uh, and also this is around about the time where people were concerned about marching on bridges because you have say an army marching on a bridge in step you can create a resonance, which in some situations will cause the bridge to have a rather catastrophic collapse. So we know that you can create resonances that can cause problem to architectural buildings. So his theory actually isn't kind of out of the ordinary. It was a theory that was going around that if you oscillate a building in just the right way, it'll cause catastrophic collapse. The problem was the kind of device he was building once again, doesn't seem to have enough power to cause the scale of oscillation that you'd expect. And as you also point out, we kind of build buildings differently now in the same way that we kind of build bridges differently now because we now know this is a problem that needs to be taken into account by the engineers. Yes, and so then apart from that, we have um, supposedly invented anti-gravity flying machines, uh, the, the, the harp array, which we used to talk about a bit, but these days it's kind of kind of shut down or at least it's no longer good old weather manipulation weather manipulation yep uh suppose he had he had he could enhance brain power with electricity uh this is the idea of the te- tesla death rays which i think we might talk a bit more about later 
and 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 then there's the prestige with his sort of teleporty weird cloning machines as well. There's there's all sorts of stuff. In 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 a sense, what what didn't Tesla actually invent in secret? Well, there lies the question because for some people, everything was invented by Tesla. Everything, mm. and it's all been well, hidden, Josh. It's been invented. And it's been hidden from you. Yeah, well, so how seriously can we take these claims then? Like, do, is, is there anything to, to, to suggest that he did invent stuff that has been kept from us? Well, I mean, the thing is, Tesla was clever. So you actually look at the history of things that Tesla did, which are attested to by the historical records. We go all the way back to his work with Edison. Edison entreats Tesla to come to New York to help him improve the motors and dynamos being produced by General Electric. And we happen to know that Tesla did improve those designs. And we also happen to know that Edison probably stiffed him for the work that was done. He worked on and helped develop alternating current in the United States. He didn't actually invent AC. As people like to point out, there was already AC generation going on in Europe by the time that Tesla went to the United States. But at the same time, he didn't just take an idea from Europe and bring it to America. He also improved upon it in the, in the United States. So even if he didn't invent AC, he certainly improved upon AC and persuaded Americans that AC is the way to go when it comes to power. Although for some reason, America decides to have a completely different voltage system from the rest of the world, and that's just confusing. He did inadvertently create an X-ray image whilst trying to take a photo of Mark Twain. And this was technically weeks before the formal discovery of X-rays by Wilhelm Röntgen. And so one of those things where you go, given he wasn't actually trying to create X-rays, it is just an accident. Uh, the question here is to whether this was clever or actually just very bad photography on the part of Tesla. But nonetheless, did take an X-ray of Mark Twain by accident, and that's quite impressive in its own respect. He helped develop radio control. And there's some questions to whether he was also involved in the development of radio transmission, but that is a very, very messy pace of dispute. Very messy. He also may have intercepted an alien or at least anomalous radio signal. Josh, what was happening there? Well, we're not sure. We think he, he possibly, in his work on in radio, intercepted one of Marconi's first attempts at broadcasting via radio in 1899, but he certainly picked up a signal that he was very much not expecting. Yeah, so he was, I mean, if when you're, when you're first developing radio and there are no radio broadcasts out there, what you tend to hear is kind of the background noise of the universe. And so because there's no other channels out there, as you're kind of scanning through the spectrum, anything which doesn't sound like the background noise of the universe is going to be a signal. And Tesla definitely picked up a signal that was not background noise. But given the time frame and the fact there were other people working on receiving and transmitting, it seems that he probably picked up someone else who was doing experiments at the time. And the most likely candidate is, of course, Marconi. Yeah, and I think this this is a thing that happens a lot in the history of science. It's It's quite common for an idea to just, you know, it's it's it being a certain idea's time and you'll find a whole lot of people independently working on the same thing at once and they'll yeah, always calculus be with respect to Leibniz yeah. and Newton. I mean, as we've talked about before, um, the Wright brothers may have been the first people to get powered flight working, but there were a but bunch were of a other people around the world who, who eventually succeeded quite independently. You know, it's not like they took the Wright brothers' designs and just copied them. They were working on it at the same time, but the Wright brothers cracked it first. So, you know, there, there are lots of cases, uh, including some of these ones that Tesla was working on, where uh, it was so, something was a natural extension of the, the, the technology that had come before it, and uh, uh, several people all get the same idea at the same time and all start working on it. And someone's got to be first, but uh, th there'll always be other people who can quite, uh, could, could, could fairly claim to have 
independently invented it as well. Yeah, and could have been first if it hadn't been for an experiment failing, not getting equipment at the right time. There's an awful lot of luck involved as to Mm. who gets that discovery the first time, which is why the Leibniz-Newton calculus dispute dispute is so fascinating, because it does seem like there may have been a conspiracy by the Royal Society to ensure that two people working at the same time only one of them was going to cross the finish line first. Mm, we've talked about that in the past as we well. We have, yes. This podcast is resolutely anti-Edison and also anti-Newton. Mm. That's why we don't believe in gravity. No, no. It's all a hoax. So, yeah, but basically, Tesla was a clever guy. There's there's no denying the fact that he either, if, if not completely came up with a bunch of clever stuff, very definitely came up with clever new ways of doing existing stuff and refined existing stuff, even when he wasn't inventing things uh, from the whole cloth. And that's why when he would start musing about things openly, people would go, well, in the past where he's talked about something, he's shown that he can do it. So now he's talking about these other things. And given he's been so successful in the past, why can't he be successful at these things? So when Edison talks about being able to transfer energy from one continent to another or being able to build a death ray, people are going, but this is the man who improved the AC motor. This is the man who improved on AC generation in America. This is the person who improved on X, Y, and Z. I mean... If he can do that, why can't he do these other things as well? And so people go, he said these things, and yet we can't see them anywhere. Why are they being kept from us, Josh? Why are they being kept from us? Well, yeah, it's all very interesting because now, as you said at the start, he died in 1943, so World War II was underway at the time of his death. And after he died, apparently his property was taken by the FBI under the Alien Property Custodian Act, even though Tesla was at that time an American citizen. And so... But he was an American citizen, Josh, who was born overseas, and you just can't trust those American citizens. So so, uh, according to the FBI, they they found lots of of speculation from him in his his papers he left behind uh, about wireless power transmission and so on, but no... Uh, quote, no new sound workable principles or methods for realizing such results. And so supposedly because um, nothing of note was found in these these papers, they were just destroyed. Now, Tesla's estate was supposed to have gone to his nephew, one Sava Kosanovic, Kosanovic, who was the Yugoslavian ambassador to the US. Uh, so some, some people in the FBI thought uh, he, he might not just try to take advantage of his uncle's inventions if he ended up with all, with all the um, information about them, but maybe he might give them to an enemy, an enemy of the state. So there was Which some... I think does indicate that when Tesla dies, the authorities are going, Tesla said a lot of what appear to be mad things, but given his track record, some of those mad things might actually be real. And we can't let those mad, bad things get into enemy hands. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, as people point out, apparently there were uh, 80 trunks worth of Tesla's personal effects were packed up when he died, and supposedly only 60 of them got back to Belgrade. So we don't know exactly why there's a discrepancy there. Maybe stuff just got taken out and repackaged more uh, efficiently. Maybe stuff just got lost or maybe you know, may- maybe stuff was secretly spirited away. I, mean, I like to think that actually 20 of those trunks were filled with pigeons. And when the <laughs> yes. FBI sees them, and yeah, the pigeons just all fly out. Uh, oh, my pigeons, says dead Tesla, my pigeons! And as we say, Tesla Tesla said a lot of stuff. He liked to t- he liked to muse about various um, various things that he 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 might look into, which wouldn't necessarily meant he knew, knew exactly how to make them. But he had talked about the idea of some sort of a death ray in his later yeah, years. This and is a common seen, refrain in Tesla studies: is that he talked a lot about death rays. Um, or at least he mused a lot about wouldn't it be amazing if you could kill people at a distance with a death ray. And when someone talks about death rays a lot and is also someone who's associated with major scientific accomplishments, you might go, 
I mean, the death ray may not be real, but at the same time, if it is, if it is... Yeah, the sort of stuff we've seen before with your MK Ultras and you look into psychic phenomena and stuff, there's, there, there's, a, there's always a strain of thought in the military that says, well, this looks like nonsense, but in case, just just on the off chance it's real, we wouldn't want I mean, our enemies to get their hands on it. The reason why the Americans and the Soviets investigated psychic phenomena yeah. in the middle of the last century—it looks like nonsense. But if the other side achieves it, we're going to look really stupid, and they're going to know. Yeah. So the FBI has apparently released what material it had on Tesla in, in a couple of trenches in 2016 and 2018, although supposedly there are still some, some missing Tesla files. Now, there was, a, there, was, there was this expert opinion, a fella called Mark Seifer, who wrote the biography Wizard, The Life and Times of Nikola Tesla. According to him, a group of military personnel at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio, including one Brigadier General L.C. Craigie, um, had a very different opinion of Tesla's ideas. I, I assume that opinion was that they were nonsense. No, no, they, they or, were the, they, 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 they're uh, yeah. the ones who really believed it. Yeah, yeah, they're, right. they're the ones who are going, oh, no, the FBI are underplaying the importance of these documents. And I think this gets into the kind of interesting thing of expertise. So the FBI look at the documents and they go, I mean, it just seems like speculation and nothing has worked out. There might be some ideas here that if someone were to work on them, maybe they would result in effects. But there's nothing here which is actually obviously operationalizable at this particular point in time. And another set of experts look at it and they go, oh, no, 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 this is much more important than it appears to be. And, of course, both sides of that debate are probably going to have scientific experts who are looking at Tesla's documents. And they're going to have different priorities. And the military, of course, are going to be very interested in anything which is of potential military value even if it isn't operationalizable now, maybe with work and effort, it might be operationalizable in the future. And the military are relying on a scientist from MIT. And that scientist, Josh, was Donald J. Trump's uncle, John G. Trump. It sure was. Is that significant? Probably not. Trump, probably not, but it's an interesting... But I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Trump has cases. ever expressed any Tesla-related theories. He's been very keen on release the JFK files and things, but he's never mm. said anything about, about Nikola Tesla. No, no. But you know who did say a lot about Nikola Tesla? Nikola Tesla. He did. He oh, he talked a lot. He did. So when it comes to these... It comes to the question of how seriously should we take some of these claims he made when he talks about death rays and talks about these fantastical technologies? Should we take that seriously at all? And I mean, as we've said, he was the sort of person to come up with an idea first and then work on the implementation. He would, he would sell an idea and then work on realizing it rather than come up with a working prototype and then try to sell that. Just like Elon Musk except that wow. Nikola Tesla was actually clever, and Elon Musk just has ideas. Well, yeah, even then, I, the impression I get from Musk is more that he, or at least in more recent times, he sort of, he has an idea of what he thinks is a good idea. He gets the idea that this would be a good technology, this would be something good to investigate or invest in, and then find someone doing that and then buys them. You know, that's that's kind of, oh, electric cars are good, or here's this Tesla company making electric cars. I'm going to buy that and call myself their founder, and the same with SpaceX and so on. And uh, and and yes, then when he's left, or someone devices, will say on um, Twitter, you you should make you should make a Cybertruck, and he goes, yes, we shall. Mm. And then they spend five years trying to build one, and then it turns out to be awful. But uh, so Tesla himself. He patented a lot because that was that was the important thing back then. I mean, we talk about how Edison was was is a notorious patent thief because um, having the patent is is what got you the money, I guess. And so he patented patented a lot of things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that in all of those cases he had actually got them to work. He had just patented. Yeah, you can get patents for ideas that. As long as you can describe an implementation, doesn't require that the implementation actually is re realizable. Yeah. 
So uh, he was apparently the first to patent the AC motor in the United States, although he didn't actually invent it, but he did refine and, and, and come up with new implementations of it. So he wasn't, you know, again, this, this is not to take away from his achievements. He, to, to get this patent, it's not, it's, it's not a, just a matter of saying, hey, here's this thing that someone else has invented it uh, and, and I'm filing it in the US. You had to come up with, with, you had to innovate. You had to come up with an improvements on the existing things. Um, so, but, but at the end of the day, when it comes to talk of death rays and earthquake machines and what have you, all that we can really say is, well, yeah, that's an idea that Tesla had. But whether yeah. it's an actual thing and certain, certainly whether it's an existing thing that got suppressed, it's really just not borne out. No, no. In fact, even if you think that the military stole the death ray from Tesla, the fact that we haven't seen a death ray in use either indicates that it was just an idea Tesla had and no one's been able to implement it, or it turns out it's very hard to implement it, even if the idea was good. Mm. I mean, otherwise, you'd expect that some of these wars going on around the place, there'd be death rays in use by now. You'd think so. So that's that's basically uh, everything that we've talked about with Tesla in the past. And we, we like to, when we do this back to the conspiracy type thing, say, well, okay, what's, what's new? What's developed since we last talked about this? And in terms of Tesla himself, there doesn't really seem to be a lot. The only major development is that when people hear the word Tesla, they probably think about something other than the man these days. Indeed, it probably makes it quite difficult to research Nikola Tesla now because Google is going to mean, did you mean Tesla Motor com Company? And that Tesla is now more synonymous with the companies owned by Elon Musk than it is with the person that... Tesla is actually named after. So doing research on Tesla on that line now is going to be a lot more difficult than it was, say, when we did our first and second episodes. Mm. Yeah, because, of course, obviously Musk thinks of himself as a Tesla-type character or a Tony Stark. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, there haven't been any really new Tesla-related conspiracies lately, have there? No, I mean, one of. thing I discovered when I was living in Romania is that there is there is an interesting conspiracy theory amongst Eastern Europeans and actually some Central Europeans as well, where they'll go, well, I mean, given the Serbo-Croat thing, it's never entirely clear which country Tesla actually came from which actually gives us a bit of wriggle room to go, I mean, maybe he came from our country. So I met Romanians who were just, oh, yeah, I mean, people claim that Tesla was a Serb. But you know, as we all know, he was probably Romanian. And often that's due to racial stereotypes of people in Eastern Europe and thinking that your neighbours are not as clever as you. So it can't be the case that your neighbours came up with a cleverer person than someone from your culture. So you just put them into your culture instead. So yes, I met Romanian to claim that Tesla was Romanian. I met Hungarian to claim that Tesla was actually Hungarian. There are a number of conspiracy theories that allege that Tesla didn't really come from the country that he claimed to come from, but was a secret Romanian or Hungarian or Moldovan, etc., etc. The only other really recent news is that Wardenclyffe burnt down two weeks ago. Yes, there was a, uh, a, a, a devastating, as they call it, fire at the Tesla Science Centre. I mean, it's kind of doubly de devastating because there's a group that is involved in restoring Wardenclyffe. And the fire occurred as part of the renovation. So they were renovating Wardenclyffe to make it into a kind of a science centre. And in the process of renovating Wardenclyffe, they've actually destroyed it more so, which means they now need more money to restore it to get back to the point they were at when the fire broke out. Yes, so there is now an Indiegogo campaign raising funds for the restoration. Yeah, I think they wanted about the $3 million US to be able yep. to get it back to where it was before the fire started. And even then, yeah. they still had money to spend to make it a functional science centre. I mean, there is a kind of a sad aspect to Tesla's legacy in the United States, and that he's this important figure in the history of at least electrical generation in the United States, and yet there's precious little memory of him 
in contemporary America. So Edison, who died rich, has been able to maintain through his estate a image in the popular consciousness, whilst Tesla is basically disappearing from history, even though in some respects he is the more important figure in electrical generation in the United States. And so Wardenclyffe is always in danger of closing down and being demolished, whilst Edison's mausoleum, which is a museum which is only open a few days a year, continues to just tick along. Mm, bit of a shame, but there you go. So that is Tesla. We've done them again, done three times again. now. Tune in in another four was, years or two months. Was third time the charm, Josh? A third time was the third time. That's all I will be drawn on. Mm, I mm. don't disagree. Mm. So... We're done with Tesla, but we're not done with recording for the week, because while we're both still healthy, we better put out a bonus episode for our beloved patrons. I, I covered the Baba Vanga stuff and the little filler last week, so we won't talk about that, but we'll talk about some other things. We, I don't know. We, we, we should mention, we should say something about Kissinger. We can't not, but we can talk about what's been going on over the last couple of weeks, uh, which involves Winston Peters stuff here, Musk stuff overseas. Uh, an interesting update to our look at, uh, at, at Alex Jones and David Icke's websites, which was the last proper episode we did, as I recall, and a few other things besides. Indeedy. So, uh, but for now, we'll finish off this episode. Uh, if you want to hear the bonus one, go to Patreon, look for the uh, podcast that's going to the conspiracy and sign yourself up. But um, for now, uh, that's it for the for, for the regular episode. For you regular, perfectly nice, but not 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 just that little bit extra people. So I'm just going to say goodbye. I go, Henry Kissinger, I'm not missing you. You're the spectre of my dreams. The podcast's Guide to the Conspiracy stars Josh Addison and myself, Associate Professor M.R.X. Denton. Our show's conspiracy producers are Tom and Philip, plus another mysterious anonymous donor. You can contact Josh and myself at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com and please do consider joining our Patreon. And remember, remember, oh December, what a night.